minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are the first 365-day-a-year Packers podcast, and you can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out on CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Murdig. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks. I am super pumped. Like, we are in week two of football. I feel like we're back in the flow of things. Things are really heating up. The Packers had... Uh, explosive scoring performance tonight and I think we have a ton to talk about I agree uh we're gonna get right into this game and talk about what happened tonight I don't even have it in front of me Andrew do you know what was the final score tonight <laughs> we we probably should know that answer no I don't um they don't know what they're talking about at all <laughs> honest, honest, honestly I was I was writing out some notes and then Mike Tomlin called a timeout, which totally screwed me up, and then he ran three times to end the game. So I could not understand, and I forgot to write down what the final score was. Well, at least Mike Tomlin didn't, like, step out on the field and, like, try to trip someone this time. So, Absolutely. I mean, could have been worse. Um, but So we do have a 51-34 to 34 final score. Uh, we know the preseason isn't about who gets the win. It's about scouting individual players and building chemistry and timing and seeing which players – who found success in practice can carry that success over into the game uh, when the lights are the brightest. So with that in mind, we're going to break down who stood out on the offensive and defensive sides of the football. And then we'll talk a little bit about whose stock is up and whose stock is trending down. Um, On the defensive side of the ball, we saw some big plays right out of the gate tonight. Um, I about lost my mind just at the very beginning of the game. So Andrew, what did you see out there on the defensive side of things? Yeah, we certainly saw some really big plays, and we saw a bunch of things that are kind of concerning, and we'll we'll dive into those a little bit too. Um, if we're breaking it down by position, really looking at that defensive line, um, Muhammad Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, they looked dominant on their those first two drives. Really, I thought their their early pressure kind of got to Rudolph and and forced that interception to Tremont Williams. On the third drive, it looked like they were kind of done with the game, and maybe they weren't expecting to be back out on the field. Wilkerson's effort was really poor, and I thought the big touchdown run by James Conner was a lot of his fault. He did bounce back on the next drive. He had a big run stop. I think we're going to have to learn to take the good with the bad uh, with Muhammad Wilkerson. As far as as his effort is concerned, there's going to be times when he turns it off, and hopefully those big plays more than make up for it. Dean Lowry had an okay night. I didn't see a lot of really great things coming from him. Montrevious Adams had some nice penetration. There were a few plays I'd love to have seen him finish better. James Looney showed some quickness, and he made a little bit of an impact in the run game, which is going to be super important for him to make this roster. He's got the quick t- twitch to to be a pass rush impact guy, uh, but I wanted to see some more in the run game. Joy Embu did some nice work in the run game. To me, he's still a long shot to make the roster with all the D-line depth. And then transitioning to edge, certainly we're going to be excited about a, a Mr. 93. Uh, on yesterday's podcast, special guest Ben Fennell um, said that 
we really should temper our expectations about Reggie Gilbert. And I respect the heck out of Ben's analysis. I've been following him on, on Twitter for a while. He is a way better evaluator of talent than I will ever be. And I understand what he's saying about the lack of explosiveness. But man, Reggie Gilbert has really found a way to make an impact in the passing game. He is definitely a lock to make the roster. I think he could potentially be a starter at this point. And can we be done with pretending Kyler Fackrell can play in the NFL, please? You just can't help yourself. Every show, you can find a way. That <laughs> I, will, I will be standing on this soapbox until he is cut. He had some plays where he was fine, and that's great, but he had a lot more plays that he looked really bad on. I think the tape is, is going to show a poor performance there. Chris Odom, to me, is just another guy. He didn't do anything spectacular to stand out. Vince Beagle continues to struggle. I know he had a sack, but a lot of that was just hustle and effort and chase down, and he didn't show a lot of ability or pass rush move. I did notice that on yesterday's podcast, Dusty, Andy, and Ben were trying to jump on my hype train for Kendall Donerson. So choo-choo all aboard. Yeah, he had a bad 15-yard penalty at the, after the Josh Jackson pick six. I have no idea what he did because they didn't show it. I couldn't see it on any of the replays. He did have an, a few plays where he used his speed to get some nice penetration off the edge. I'm I'm so high on Donerson. If you listened two weeks ago, you heard how he really has a lot of uh, similar athletic traits to Von Miller, in, in fact, eerily similar. And so I think his natural abilities can really lead to some great things. At inside linebacker, there were a few times Blake Martinez got totally washed out and really physically dominated on the long James Conner run. Burks was up and down. I saw a lot of rave reviews about him, and yeah, he was fantastic when he could get a gap to burst through in the running game. He has some explosiveness that the Packers just have not had in a linebacker in quite a while. When an O-lineman got their hands on him, he's not able to shed the blocks, and we knew that. We knew that before the draft. We knew that after the draft. We expect that this season he's got to gain some strength in, in that area, but he has some ability to make plays that that I think is going to be special. I'm just a little nervous about him in run situations. Greer Martini struggled a little bit tonight. He didn't continue all of that, that positive momentum, and that's a little bit concerning. He was solid on special teams. He did miss some assignments, and of course he blew a tackle that they made a big deal about in the broadcast. There are a few other plays where I thought he was a little late getting there, didn't quite make the, the play that he should have. Inside Lampericker could be a concern, and, and we knew that coming in. Cornerback, we of course have to start with Tremont Williams in the pick six. That was really fun. It did seem to be a mistake by Rudolph, but he had some pressure in his face, and Williams gets all the credit for showing great anticipation, great burst, great hands. It's nice to have a guy who can actually make quarterbacks pay when they make a mistake. I thought Devon House had a really nice showing. To me, he is a guy that looks like he's going to make the roster and be a nice veteran presence there. He's, he played a lot earlier and a lot more than I would have anticipated. Josh Jackson continues to impress. He had some tough coverage, a nice pa- pass breakup in the second quarter. Of course, the beautiful anticipation that we expect and the ball skills with the pick six in the third. He had a nice punt return. Loving what I'm seeing out of Jackson. Demetri Goodson had a solid night quietly. 
unfortunately, he got absolutely owned by James Washington in the corner of the end zone. And I did like what I saw out of Herb Waters later in the fourth quarter. Safety, this is something I'm going to be addressing later on. Not a great, great outlook from the safety position. Kentrell Bryce missed some tackles. Haha, ha, Clinton Dix blew the coverage on the touchdown pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. By the way, that might be the longest name matchup in NFL history. Haha, <laughs> ha, Clinton Dix, Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe we can get some uh, of the Packers rookie receivers in on this too. Do you have any idea where Josh Jones was? No, I was actually going to ask you about that later off air, but we can do that now. I was curious what you thought of his game tonight because I just didn't feel like I saw him much other than on special teams as far as like making an impact. I don't know if they don't trust him with that first unit. He was barely in there with the starters at all. And his lack of inclusion with Mike Pettin's scheme so far is concerning to me. Getting a little bit further down in the depth chart, Marwin Evans totally blew the coverage on the big play to James Washington. I think Josh Hawkins is going to get some of the blame for that, but but Evans just completely left his assignment. So not a great performance from the safeties at all. So the defense definitely up and down. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts on the offensive performance tonight? Yeah, I thought the offense uh, did really well. It had uh, We had a lot of fun uh, watching some points go up on the board and those kinds of things. Uh, real quick, I was a big James Washington fan in the draft process, and so it was fun to watch him play on the opposite side of the ball. It's too bad that we had to watch him put up points against our defensive unit, uh, but that was a good, a good watch tonight, a lot of fun to watch him come out uh, in the preseason here. Uh, tonight we got to see Aaron Rodgers play football for the first time in a long time. Uh, It was probably our only chance to see Aaron Rodgers before the regular season, but even in limited action tonight, Aaron Rodgers did not disappoint. Uh, He went two for four for 35 yards and a TD uh, to Jimmy Graham. He looked like the Rodgers that we all know and love. And I was actually surprised how long he was willing to stand in that pocket and extend plays. I was a little nervous. I was hoping that he would just find his way to the bench and stay healthy and uh, let some of these other guys play. But a great night for QB12. And then we saw Brett Hundley after Rodgers as your QB2, and he did a really nice job. Uh, He had a great week last week and was actually Pro Football Focus's top-rated QB in the first week of the preseason. And he was really efficient again tonight. He had the rushing touchdown. He looked like a competent pack-up quarterback, something that we haven't always been able to say about Brett Hundley. So uh, good for him. Uh, He looks more confident out there, more composed, and he seems to have a better feel for the rush than he did last season and really seems to have taken a necessary jump. So good to see some improvement from Hundley. Deshaun Kaiser came in and led the offense. I thought he did a really good job as well. He was really impressive. Uh, There were times in Kaiser's game that you can definitely tell that he's young and he's raw, but you also saw the flashes of why he was a second-round pick. Uh, I thought he did a great job keeping his eyes downfield and stepping up in the pocket and making those throws. And then we got to enjoy the legend of Tim Boyle again, right? Uh, The magic was not quite as strong uh, tonight, uh, but boy, can he spin it. The ball comes out and it's just pretty coming down there. His receivers did not always uh, come up with the ball for him, um, but he does have an arm. I think he looks like a practice squad player. If I'm being honest, uh, the, the Boyle truthers can hate on me, but I think he's a practice squad player that you don't want to see another team swoop in and steal. 
Uh, you want that great arm in your practice squad, and you want to see it develop. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, at the running back position, it was pretty clear uh, that it was just kind of an average night for Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Both had some nice catches out of the backfield. But honestly, uh, the run blocking wasn't great tonight. Uh, there's some work to be done there. Actually, my favorite play from Jamal Williams tonight was his block in the second quarter. Uh, there was a rusher coming free and was about to light up Brett Hundley. And Williams got in there and he made a really nice block to save Hundley's butt. Uh, last week, I thought Bonio looked pretty underwhelming. Uh, but tonight, I thought he looked a little bit better. He played with better strength, made some good plays. But I think Akeem Judd continues to show some really nice feet. Uh, he had some limited touches tonight, but I think I might have a low-key crush on Judd. And so I'll go as far to say that I think that after next week, he'll have clearly surpassed Banyo, and I think he'll have a shot at making the 53-man roster. I know that's kind of a hot take, but if Green Bay doesn't feel good about going into those first two games of the season with just Williams and Montgomery at running back while Aaron Jones is suspended, I think there's a chance that Judd could show enough to make this team um, and then probably end up on the on the practice squad after those first two weeks. But we'll see what happens. Uh, wide receiver, Devontae Adams stole the show on the first drive with the catch from Aaron Rodgers, once again showing off how special his ability to create separation off the line really is. Uh, the Kumaro hype train is alive and well after tonight. Um, he had a couple nice catches from Hunley, and then, of course, Kaiser fit a ball in a tight window, and then Kumaro took it to the house. Uh, Kumaro finished the night with three receptions for 114 yards and a touchdown, which is enough to make any fantasy owner smile. And Aaron Rodgers had that look on his face like his son just scored his first NFL touchdown again. So uh, we'll continue to see good things from Kumaro. Wasn't quite as big of a night for the rookies. St. Brown had some nice catches, but also a drop or maybe two. I'd have to look at the at the stat line. But uh, Scantling had one reception on one target, so he made 100% count out of his 100% uh, opportunities. And uh, Moore continued to look like an athletic freak out there who couldn't quite seal the deal. So uh, lots of question marks still remain at wide receiver going into the third preseason game. Uh, the tight ends were probably my favorite group of the night. Uh, Jimmy Graham did some really nice things. He caught that touchdown pass from Rodgers on the first drive. Uh, that play was a lot of fun to watch, but I think it represents so much of what we can expect from this duo of Rodgers and Graham for the rest of the season. Uh, we know about Aaron Rodgers' pinpoint accuracy. This is well documented that he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. But when you combine that with Graham's massive strike zone, um, this pair should be really tough to defend, especially in the red zone. So it was good to see those two connect. Um, but then you saw Graham's value again when Hunley underthrew him and Graham tried to come back to the ball through the defender and he got that pass interference call. Um, so he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, a great asset for this offense. And then Hundley hit Lewis and Kendricks on back-to-back plays. And I thought Kendricks looked like a solid third tight end. But then Robert Tanyan happened. Right at the end of the half, Tanya makes a nice grab in the middle of the field, which earned a quality golf clap from me. I was like, okay, all right, good play. Uh, but then he snatches the ball in the back of the end zone on a beautiful throw from Kaiser uh, over 2018 first round safety Terrell Edmonds. This isn't like a scrub, you know, he's still learning, but he's a first round pick. And so I have to tip my hat to Andrew because Tanya has been his guy throughout this entire preseason. So, Andrew. You even predicted that Tanya would make this team as a third tight end. So I want to give you just a second to enjoy this moment. 
Yeah, that's my guy, Tanya. I I really I I you know sometimes you get lucky. So, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you pick a guy and and he turns out. I really did love what I saw out of his college tape, um, and I think he's made enough of an impact to be a, a serious threat to make the roster. We'll see what happens in the next two weeks, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lot of pride in this one at least until next Friday. All right. You look like a third tight end candidate. Maybe Kendrick should be nervous. We'll see. We'll see. I'll hold on to uh, Kendrick's as my third tight end for this for this roster. We'll see how things go. The last thing I want to do on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll wrap this up, is just touch on the offensive line. Um, my impression from tonight was not great. I do want to go back and watch this again and see um, why the issues existed. But um, David Bakhtari was good to see him out there, and he was moving just fine. So that's good news. Um, but the rest of the line kind of took turns looking kind of rough. Uh, Kyle Murphy got toasted by Bud Dupree when he was in there at left tackle. Um, but then he played better on the right side. So um, the run blocking was, like I said, pretty uninspiring, especially in the first half. And then um, McCray, I just thought he kind of like looked lost for a lot of, of the time that he was in there at right guard. So um, I want to go back and watch this a little bit more closely, but it still looks like offensive line depth might be a concern for this team going forward now we want to get into some stock up and stock down for everybody and talk about who really helped themselves tonight and who might be losing a little bit of sleep based on what we saw on the field so first we're going to start out negative and talk a little bit about whose stock is down and so tonight I thought the person who might be losing a little bit of sleep because they didn't play as good as I thought that they would is Justin McCray um, I came into the night thinking that Justin McCray was a guy I was excited to win this right guard job. I thought he showed enough last year, and I thought he's been good in practice. Um, but I thought he looked a little lost out there. Um, obviously, he left the game with a calf injury, and we wish him nothing but the best. But before the injury, he was struggling a little bit. He was beaten badly on a few plays and seemed kind of lost on a few others. There were even a couple of snaps where he seemed to get in the way of the center. I think it was still Corey Lindsley at that point and prevented Lindsay from engaging his block. And so I thought it was a tough night for McCray, and then it got worse with the injury. And I couldn't help but wonder watching tonight if maybe the poor play and the injury might have Jiree Evans reaching for his phone a little bit just to make sure it's turned on in case uh, a Brian Gutekunst were to give him a call. That would definitely be one option. I'm going to cheat in our game, and I'm going to pick an entire position group. So I got done talking about um, safety and how I didn't think that anybody played particularly well. I thought HaHa Clinton-Dix and Kenchel Bryce both struggled. I think we need Liam Neeson and his particular set of skills to find Josh Jones and figure out where he has gone. Marwin Evans did not play well. This is this is a position group that is is suddenly a real serious concern on this team. This week on Packers Talk, my article was about potential acquisitions to help this team, and two of the people that I identified um, were Earl Thomas, which of course would require a trade and then a new contract, and the other was Eric Reed, who's out there as a free agent. And I know people in Packer Nation. They're, they're going to be divided on Eric Reed, but they're both big time upgrades and, and would be able to help this team immediately. And so I think that's at least something that we need to concern ourselves with amongst all of the Khalil Mack talk. Is there something controversial about Eric Reed? Did I miss something? Um, 
let's just I'm, say I'm that just, that ninety percent <laughs> of the comments on my article had to do with with a song. So I, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should just move on. Yeah, please. For the sake of everyone. All right. So let's jump right into some stock ups. Let's uh, let's talk some positivity around here. So uh, Reggie Gilbert, we touched on a little bit earlier, but he continues to just impress. He had a sack fumble that was recovered by the offense. And then he comes back like two plays later with a huge pressure. It was like so obvious that he was just in the back um, of the of the pocket, pushing the pocket the whole night. Uh, he seems to be the real deal. And McCarthy saying his praises at halftime. Again, admitting that McCarthy wishes that they would have brought him up last season. So uh, it seems like he is a lock to make this roster. And he's a lock, I think, to potentially be a starter. Someone that can ro- rotate in and uh, have a big impact on, on this defense. Uh, one of the announcers calling the game said it best. You cannot escape him. You cannot dodge him. And uh, they started talking at that point about whether Khalil Mack was even necessary as a trade option because of because of Reggie Gilbert. So it got a little bit wild uh, there at the end. But I think we can say a really solid stock up for Reggie Gilbert tonight. Are, are they just going to make like a horror movie where Reggie Gilbert is stalking quarterbacks? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he'll be the new Liam Neeson. You cannot escape him. You cannot dodge him. Reggie Gilbert. <laughs> so my my stock up. Actually, I have two. So if, if that's okay with you, I'll double dip here. Um, number one is Lance Kendricks. And, and so I just got done talking about how much I love Robert Tanyan. And Lance Kendricks had a fantastic night. I was convinced earlier he was going to struggle to make this team. But I actually think he's more of a lock after tonight. He played a lot with the first team unit. He played really well. They lined him up at H-back. I'm wondering if maybe his his play is going to mean that the Packers may not even carry a fullback this year because of the flexibility that he brings to the roster. That's a really interesting point. I know you said you have another one here, so I don't want to cut you off, but uh, that is an interesting debate. Want to see how the Packers offense plans to function, whether they need a fullback or not. Um, but it will be interesting because I don't think the Packers have kept more than three tight ends. I want to say like since 2011, I'd have to go back and check that. Um, but it's been a really long time since they've kept more than three. So we'll see where they end up with the tight ends. Yeah, that, that will be interesting. I don't know that they've had four tight ends worth keeping since then either. <laughs> That's also a good point. And then I am going to give some kudos to Jake Kumaro. It is It is time for me to eat some serious crow here. I have been trying to temper expectations all offseason long about Mr. Kumaro, and he just keeps making plays and keeps making me look silly. He did get dinged up at the end, so I'm a little concerned about that, but we'll see what that injury is. He's looking like a guy that's going to make Brian Gutekunst keep him on the roster and potentially be a contributor once the season starts. So this has been the Packaday podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast as well, and certainly to subscribe to the Packaday Podcast. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Mike and Tyler, and they'll continue to break down the game and, and everything that happened. And of course, there's going to be a new show every single day. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. 
We're going to be back next week with a preview of the Packers' third preseason game. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Got Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high, what it caught? It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! 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 Yes!